because of the circumstances, I, I had to leave my travel mug at work yesterday. Oh, no. Uh, and so I didn't have a travel mug this morning. And so I'm using a giant uh, uh, cup that I got at a taco shop, uh, taco place a while back to transport my coffee so that it wouldn't splash everywhere. Okay. So my question for you today is, have you ever had to do like a DIY thing to carry something in your car so that it wouldn't break or spill uh, in, in an unusual fashion that maybe is not the norm way of carrying something or transporting something? Oh my gosh. That's such a bizarre question. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you talking about it? Perfectly normal question. Um, I mean, like, I, I, in my move to this apartment, I transported, like, everything that was in my apartment in my little Mazda 2 hatchback. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty odd. Um, yeah. I, look, I really look like a clown car. Live from Barham Road in Cal Los Angeles, California, and North Hollywood at Michael's apartment. It's Hollywood <laughs> Hustle Podcast. <laughs> yes, guys. Hey, welcome to our side hustle where the team hustle get together any way that we can to update the league of hustle and each other on the goings-ons of our personal hustles. We also share what's inspiring us in our most recent interview with entertainment lawyer Mark Pearson, where we asked all the legal questions we could and make answered. <laughs> and with me, of course, is the ever-traveling screenwriter um, who is traveling all over Los Angeles to find the best script, Daniel Tuttle. I've got to find it! Where is it? <laughs> uh, you, you need to find it! Find it, Daniel! Do it! Do it now! If you want to live. Uh, <laughs> yes, so this time I'm commuting while on the side hustle while Michael is lazy at home. Yes, yes. Mind, mindfully having a lovely Saturday morning. I have my cup of tea with me and uh, we're recording this right now. And yes, hi guys. My name is Michael Lutheran. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's What's been going on, brother? What's, what's going on in your uh, hustle world? Yeah. So last week in the intro section, I kind of updated League of Hustle on the status of my wedding. And yes, you have been there all for me. What? You know, from the moment we found out that our original venue canceled and, you know, our new venue is the dream venue. It's originally where we wanted to get married. And huzzah! Huzzah! That's great news. Uh, we are so excited and the team there that are working with us financially on creating a better solution. And it's just amazing. So it's so nice to be working with them. Um, also found out, uh, longtime listeners may recall last year, like last April, I was in a car accident. Um, yes. My car was totaled. It was during the middle of my Medigan series. Well, I just finally found out that the lawsuit settlement uh, settled. Yay. I've been quietly working on over the past year. So Great. Um, well, I, don't, I forgot about it. You haven't yeah. really mentioned it much. Well, it's just, I mean, for all the doctor visits and stuff that me and Karen had to go to and stuff, it was just something that we wanted to kind of keep on the DL while we were working through it all and stuff. Yeah. But insurances, um, you know, as it, as it would turn out, like really don't want to, you know, be responsible for things. Mm -hmm. so it, it took a long time and, you know, some, 
fortunately the the lawyer that we've been that's been representing us is an amazing amazing person so you know last week i got to hear from two lawyers hey <laughs> from mark pearson our guest and then uh for my own personal lawyer so that was good but nice. then the biggest thing so like those two good news i found out last monday when i came back from big bear um, after spending the weekend with my parents and Karen's mom and brother, like they finally met as a family and gave us a lot of hope and you know, good feelings towards this wedding. Found out on Monday that I'm getting let go from my job. Wah, end, wah. Yep, at the end of June, June 30th. So I've got time to prepare, and you know they're giving me you know some flexibility, like if I can book any job interviews or anything, I can do that right now um but essentially come J july 1 i will for the first time in gosh i want to say like seven years be without a job man that's crazy yeah it's i've been there for a long time but you know it, i guess staff reduction is happening now and mm -hmm. i mean you and i have talked at length about my desire to wanting to move on from this job right so it's it's been really tough. I've been going through waves of anger, feeling like almost like betrayed a little bit. Yeah. Because the circumstances are that I'm getting married this year and this would be the worst time to not have a job. Mm, yeah. You know, uh, with so much stuff on the line, but also the universe has lined stuff up for me with this lawsuit settlement. Um, the job's giving me a one month severance uh, for July. And I'm all, I also booked a random uh, front of house gig for Hollywood Fringe. So I'll be, you know, working that gig as well during the month of June. I do have some extra income sources coming in. And as uh, my fiance has been trying to encourage me to think about it is, had I not <laughs> left to my own devices, I would have stayed at that job. And so this is the universe's way of telling me it is time to move on whether but it's it's pushing you off the cliff yes it's time it's time for you to figure out your new flight plan yes exactly so I, i've got some you know exciting plans for the month of july should something not immediately if i go up after some interviews and things not work out right away mm -hmm. i do have some plans of like working more on this podcast and working on some other things that have been needed to be worked on for a while so um, there's always work to do and, um, I'll find time. I'll have the time to finally do it. Yeah. That's awesome, man. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm excited for you to have this like new transition. Like, I think that's going to be, I think it's gonna be really good for you. And like she said, I, I think it would have been really hard for you to quit this job on your own. Yeah. So having just because of the responsible person you are of like wanting to make sure you have a check coming in at all times. So I think having this push is going to be a really great thing for you in the long run. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, you know, they sometimes call it a security blanket for a reason. It's easy to kind of just fall into something that yeah. as long as it's providing for you and stuff that, you know, it's easy to just stay in that routine and in that commute. And so, yeah, I, I am excited. It's, you know, it is, uh, I've, I've reached out to, some previous guests of ours here on the show just to let them know and to basically just put it out there that I am on the search. And so if they hear of anything to please throw my name. In right. Um, nice. 
So, and I think it's now longtime listeners will always just think that like to be a part of team hustle, one must always be in search for work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To be, you have to be constantly on the job hunt to work for us. Yes. Yes. <laughs> How about you, man? Uh, what's going on? Why are you traveling this morning? Uh, well, I, I started my apartment. <laughs> I, I, I started training for my new job as a uh, tour guide at Warner Brothers Studios. Nice. Um, so we've been the first two days. We started on Wednesday. The first two days were all HR paperwork. You can and can't do this, and all the you know don't don't jump out of the cart and give your script to Christopher Nolan. If you Don't see him or not. the Batmobile, it's not yours. Yeah, like stuff like that. And uh, yeah. we just started the actual like tour training yesterday. So we went on a we went on an actual tour where they wanted us to be like guests, and that's how that you know just take it like we're a guest. And uh, started talking about like how you tell how they want you know how you tell stories and 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 how you you know it, you you how you want to see the guests is like you have your grandmother and your best friend on this tour. And so you would keep things simple and not go too technical or too deep into things, but also be excited about being able to talk films and stuff with your best friend. And so uh, we kind of went over that. And uh, today, I think we're going to learn more about like, the history of Warner Brothers. I think we're watching a documentary on the, the actual Warner Brothers. Um, uh, Jack, Albert, Harry and Tim, I want to say. I think that's their names. Yeah, <laughs> ja it's Jeff. No, it's ja no, Albert, Jack, Harry, Albert, Jack, Harry, and Sam. There it is. That's it. Good old Sam. Sam. Good old Sam. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. I really love how they do the tour. So if you come to Los Angeles and you take the WB tour, ask if you can take Daniel Tuttle's tour. And yeah. I'll be your tour guide here in about two weeks. Now, um, so I'm doing that. Because I, I used to work at Universal as a yes. tour. Uh, Warner Brothers my understanding is like it's a lot more customizable like you can really say i'm really interested in batman dc comics right no no it really is it's it's very much like you you kind of ask at the beginning what what everybody's into and you kind of get a feel for like if there's a lot of people that the classics or if there's more people that love like gilmore girls and flash or gilmore girls and friends and stuff like that so you do cater the tour to those people with some side stuff here and there as well and mm -hmm. it's a, it is an active working studio so there's going to be days where we can't go to certain spots because they're filming but we can go to these spots and you actually get to walk into sound stages and sets sometimes like most of the time you'll get to go on the ellen set and oh, you'll get okay. to do that and and so and sometimes you'll get to go on an actual tv set the first time i took the tour we went into the pretty little liar set and kind of got to walk around inside the set. So that was that stuff is really cool and different. It's like Universal, where you're on the cart the whole time. Yeah, like you, you don't get off the cart. Yeah, you don't really have much of an option to go out and explore. Yeah, and so I really, I really, I really like that. I thought that was really cool. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, last week, uh, last week and the week before, I was able to work at Legendary Pictures uh, for a few days, also, which was a great experience to kind of do something I've done before being an assistant, but on a grander production company. And, um, man, it was, it was really cool to be there. Everybody was super nice and very helpful when I needed some help. And, um, what work did you do? Uh, I was sitting, I was covering for an assistant for, uh, two TV development, uh, uh, executives and basically scheduled meetings, rescheduled meetings, confirmed meetings, uh, help transfer and roll calls. 
uh, that kind of stuff. So just basic assistant work. Um, they obviously didn't give me a lot of like deep stuff since I don't work there and all that stuff, but I was able to read a few scripts that they had and, uh, look at some of the stuff they're working on and just kind of That's get a cool. cool insight to what's going on, uh, there uh, and, and stuff like that. So it was really awesome. Just, just selfishly, because I'm probably going to be starting to maybe check out the temp, you know, gig myself. Yeah. Uh, any advice to those looking to get into doing temp work or entertainment production companies? Uh, or would you say don't expect to do this or, you know, what, what, what are things that people should be focusing on uh, when they do have the opportunity? I mean, the biggest thing is be open. Uh, make sure your resume uh, really reflects like stuff that fits being an assistant. So if you have, if you have experience, you know, scheduling, uh, 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 travel management, phone call, you know, phone management, make sure like under skills or in your breakdown of stuff you've done at other jobs, like make sure you specifically state those things. Um, mm -hmm. because they're going to be looking for that. They're going to be looking for like, have you dealt with schedules before? Have you, uh, scheduled meetings and took, have you taken notes for at meetings and, and stuff like that. So that's, that's the stuff like make sure you don't be afraid to like specifically spell out things you did um, on your resume and really only. And the thing I really learned recently was like, you know, you hear you want to make sure you have like three previous jobs, but really make sure just to have everything. Like it's kind of like a, a scene or something in a movie where like when you're writing, you want to make sure everything counts. You don't just write something that doesn't have any need to be there. It's the same thing with a resume. Make sure everything on your resume needs to be there if it's if, if some if you feel like you're just filling space get rid of it and add more stuff you've done at your other jobs like yeah it's just make sure everything on there has a purpose in your job hunt and make sure everything you've put on there is aimed towards where you're wanting to go so if you're wanting to be an assistant you're you focus more on administrative stuff and how you handle uh, executives if it's if you're looking for something more active then obviously you want to put stuff that's more active and more mm -hmm. physical. So really just make sure that it's focused on, and it looks nice and easy to read and all that fun stuff. The, be the best resource I've recently found is Twitter and LinkedIn. Like go on Twitter and there's a lot of people who are just, who are willing to offer suggestions. So go on Twitter and just tweet like, does anybody know any production company temp agencies or any ways to, to get my resume to temp pools? And Maybe do a few hashtags that are like, you know, WGA or DGA or, S, you know, stuff like that, that so people will see it and somebody may be able to tell you and see it, just happen to see it and tell you, because that's, that's how I found the temp agency I'm working with uh, uh, on and off. Those are really my suggestions is just reach out because a lot of the entertainment ones don't publicize themselves. You sure. can't, like, I, 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 you can't find them easily. You have to really just hear from somebody. And other people told me to call the studios um, to ask them who they use. I never found success in that. And I, I, in the sense, I could never get anybody to pick up or who knew the answer. You can try that if you have maybe a better mind in that sense of who you should call. But um, that never worked for me personally. Um <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's pretty much I would say it. the biggest thing is make sure your resume is pushed towards what you want to do, and, and you and you have a detailed skills that fit that. Transitioning over to like even acting and stuff like that, um, I've heard many times casting directors say like let your resume show the type of roles you want to book. Yeah, 
musical audition with a resume that only shows that you've done uh, contemporary and Shakespeare plays. Yeah. And don't lie. Don't put on your resume that you know how to do something or you know a program if you don't. Like, it, it's okay to ask. Like, especially as a temp, they just need you to cover for a few days. So most likely, you're not going to do a lot of stuff on their, like, any kind of, like, their programs. But if you have to, they understand you don't know how to do it. And so they're going to show you or give you a little quick crash course on how to handle it. So yeah. make sure, like, don't. That you, you do know that program. And then it turns out that you don't. Ooh. That, yeah. That's it's not because then this is going to frustrate them because they weren't prepared to have to teach you. But if they yeah. know they're going to have to, they'll have somebody prepared to teach you. Like they'll tell one of the other assistants, hey, do you mind showing them this program? Just make sure, just don't lie. If you don't know it, don't lie that you know it. And, and even in the middle of the job, if they have, if they use a term you don't understand or if you can't find something and you're actually working, you've never been there. Don't be afraid to ask. They know you've never been there. They know you've never worked with the people they work with that you've been in that office. I had asked so many times how to get to a bathroom at this place because it was there was just a maze of wow. hallways. And so if you don't know it, ask. It's fine. But don't put it on there that you know it if you don't. <laughs> there's my there's my 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 TED talk for today. Woo! So buddy, what real quick, what are some quick thoughts you had about our interview with Mr. Pearson? Yeah, um Mark was first of all just fantastic. He was so welcoming and uh so excited to be on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, it, was, it was hard editing his episode because he shared so much and I wanted to package it all in the, you know, in the most uh concise format for our listeners but i mean he is just a wealth of knowledge and it was just eye-opening as far as the what 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 some may call the minutiae but it's it's really the the details that can really make or break your career um yeah you know the example of the actor that he represented who had been working on set for days and days and days performing in some type of role on camera but was told by the production that, oh, no, you're not an actor. So yeah. they weren't getting actor rate. It yeah. was just mind-blowing. And, I mean, of course, I'm not saying that this production company was bad or something. Maybe they were just confused about what they were actually asking this actor to do. But it's so that's example is just so key of why having legal representation, um, whether you're a manager, lawyer, agent, like – it's so necessary to have that person to come in and fight for you, even if it's not to be like, hey, I found something here. We all need to address it. Well, I also liked when he was talking about that, his point of view, his mindset of like, I'm not coming in thinking that they did this on purpose. He's like, right. I don't approach it like they're trying to be malicious. He's like, some, some you know, especially smaller productions, they just don't know. Or it's a miscommunication or some a, a typo on paperwork. So like I love his mindset in that. Like he doesn't come to attack like a you know a hungry legal dog. He just goes and like, look, I don't know what happened, why this is like this, but I think it's wrong, and we need to discuss it. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, I, I've I've also approached you know, and he also did his due diligence. I went to SAG and talked to them, and and this doesn't seem right to us. Mm -hmm. He the way he described it was you know he takes a very. Uh, business analytical approach to a very emotional situation. Yeah. And I, I really, I really appreciated that. Yeah. Because I, I think Daniel, you and I are very similar in that. Like 
we're so passionate about what it is that we're trying to do in this town that sometimes, you know, we've had to take a moment where we're like, oh, hold on, wait a minute. We need to think business here mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah. Um, you know, we even had our real life example of having to deal with another Hollywood Hustle podcast. Yeah. It, it was validating to know that we uh, went about it the right way. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I was like, I was waiting for him to be like, oh, you, no, no, that's not how you should have handled it at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you, you went the way wrong direction. No, I really, guys, this I, is it, the last episode of the Hollywood Hustle yeah, podcast. They, some, we, we have to sell our name to somebody else. No, um, I really appreciated that. And, and I thought, I loved just how much he cared for his clients and how like he really looks at them as not only like as clients, but as like friends and people that he's cheering on to succeed. Yeah. I and mean, if you guys check and out his Instagram really cool. uh, at uh, Arc Law Group, mm-hmm. I want to say it is. Um, yeah. The majority of the pictures are actually just him hanging out with his clients. Yeah. And supporting them, like going to yeah. their things and supporting them, which is awesome. Yeah. So really, really, uh, did, did you, were there any other big takeaways that you took from this interview? Uh, I, just the importance of, of not trying to do it on your own. I mm. think it, that if, if you get into something that is super legal, that you have someone that understands the law. Yeah, that is so key. Like, to know that you don't have to do this on your own. Um, and, and I can say from personal experience um, with another kind of lawyer, having that backup, it just, it, it makes so much more sense. And, and it feels so good to know that you're being taken care of. No, absolutely. I, I, it was, it was really cool to see going on next, Michael, you have a little preview ready for us next week. Yes. We are in it. We interviewed a incredible casting commercial casting director named Danielle Eskenazi. She is incredibly prolific on Twitter. Uh, she always throws out inspirational quotes. She's done this for a ton of years and knows her stuff about being on the other side of the casting table. We asked her all the questions. I made sure Michael had questions to ask her and how she relates with actors. And it's just a fantastic interview. So I'm going to let Michael take it away now. Hey everyone. This week on our preview, you'll be hearing Danielle's origin story where she came from, how she came to work in casting, and how social media plays a role in her day-to-day life as a commercial casting director. Now, just to give you a heads up, the audio clips you're about to hear in this preview is from Daniel's microphone. Due to a technical issue, my system glitched during the initial portion of our conversation, so both mine and Danielle's audio was lost. So, I was fortunate that I was able to salvage our conversation with Daniel's audio. The rest of the interview you'll be able to hear next week, and it will be all three of us in our proper sound glory. But have no fear, the content you're about to hear in this preview is a perfect example of how kind and supportive Danielle truly is for everyone's hustle. First, as always, we start at the beginning. Where was she born? What was her family like? And as you'll see, Danielle moved around a lot. Yeah, so where are you from? And just kind of talk about your early days. Where was I born? Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. I was born in, in Egypt. Oh, really? wow. Yeah. That is cool. I was born in Cairo. Wow. Detect my accent. <laughs> uh, um, my dad was there. Uh, his family had a business there. And my mom's Italian. And she was going to boarding school there. And so they got married. And I lived there for about four years. And then we moved to Paris. 
for about five and a half years, and then wait, I waited to get our visa, and we came to America. Wow, oh. that's um, amazing. Yeah, so yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I grew up in the Bronx. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. And so, so, and then so after Paris, you moved. I was like, I, I, I was like, I hear a slightly Bronx accent yeah, in there. Cairo to Bronx. <laughs> you don't get much. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if you ever a memoir book, that should be what it's called from Cairo, Bronx to and, L.A. Uh, how we got there is a whole different story uh, regarding, you know, escaping and all that other stuff. But, mm. um, yeah. And then I lived in New York for a long time. My dad worked for MGM. Uh, he was a CPA there and um, said we're moving to L.A. So he was transferred and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was so excited, you know. Um, I was watching the Dick Clark shows, and I thought, "Oh my God, this is all like surfing and dancing." Oh, so that was, that was your idea of what LA was <laughs> exactly. before moving over. Uh, wow. Convertibles and you know surfboards on top of your. <laughs> 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 Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was traffic with cars with surfboards exactly. on them, and, and dancing in the car just not to go insane. <laughs> exactly. But I loved it. You know, the weather was great. You know, I grew up here and. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do, and I went into the retail business because that was easy. So Danielle and her family were now based in Los Angeles, and she had found a career in something that she wasn't really passionate about. She quickly grew tired of the day-to-day life of retail, and on a whim, she reached out to her friend that worked in casting. Three days later, she got the call. And she said, why don't you try, because I wanted to get in the business, she said, why don't you try casting? I'm like, what What happens? And um, three days later, I mean, she was a fast worker. Um, she said, I think I got you a job as an assistant to two casting directors. And she said, quit your job. And I was like, quit my job? Okay, I'm going to quit my job. I quit my job. It was for Risa Brayman and Billy Hopkins on a movie called At Close Range with Christopher Walken, Sean Penn. It was the most wow. incredible. That's awesome. You know, it was all the young guys. It was yeah, right. Young, all all the up and coming talent. Chris Walken, yeah. and um, it, it was incredible. And um, so they were working on the East Coast casting another film, and so I I said to my friend, "Did you tell them that I've never done this before?" <laughs> And she said, yeah, and they, they hired me. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. Can we go back to that, please? I could really use that right now. <laughs> Caution to the wind and see what happens. So uh, they gave me an address. I went and they gave me my own office in uh, the Valley. And um, Was that in Burbank? That was like in Burbank. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow. And I walked in and as I sat down to my desk, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was so scared. I had a friend... Uh, who was working for Miriam Doherty at the time. She uh, was casting by the, the documentary. Mm-hmm. It was about her. Oh, wow. And so a friend, Lauren Lloyd, was working for her. And so I would call her up and ask her, like, what do I do now? What do I do now? And uh, Sean Penn was sitting at my desk, basically, and uh, <laughs> talking to Madonna. And he was like, uh, do you want me to get up? I was like, no, sit there. It's okay. <laughs> and, <laughs> what a surreal uh, thing to say. Sean Penn sitting there. Stay on the job. <laughs> wow. And I was so excited. Uh. And I thought, okay, you know when you find your niche? And I thought, this is what I can come to every single day. I'm going to do this. And, and so you had never done any other type Nothing. of casting. Nothing. I didn't know anything about it. Did did anyone give you any piece of advice? Yes, you know who did? Who? Lee Daniels. Wow. He was a manager at the time. You know, it was a big film, and every you know all the agents wanted their uh, actors to get in the film. Sure. 
And so he would call me every day and I'd go, Lee, I don't know what is happening. He's like, girl, just relax. Um, you're doing great. And he would give me these, you know, like, don't worry, you're okay. This is what you do. And he was just the nicest man and really helped me through the process. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing when you just have that person, that yeah, guiding a, hand of just like, hey, you got it. You'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. Wow. And that's all I needed. And once that happened, I really got into all of it, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, the deeper and deeper I would get into it, it, the better it was. And I loved it. At close range, the first film that Danielle worked on came out in 1986, and she has been working in casting ever since. To bring the conversation to 2019, we also chatted with her about the power of using social media as a tool to meet new talent. And anyone who follows Danielle on Twitter or Instagram knows she's all about building a connection. Speaking of the kind of social media, Danielle, you know, I, I noticed a lot uh, when I started really kind of, especially with the Hollywood hustle, because I started doing more of that on Twitter and stuff like that. I think I was shown a lot more entertainment and industry tweets and things like that. And so I saw your name come up a lot. Um, people tweeting you, you tweeting affirmations and talking about classes that you have. Um, how important do you feel uh, social media has become in our society, especially in the sense of film and, and auditions and, and co connection? Well, you know, was it 12 years ago? We didn't have this, any kind of uh, contact with actors except when they come in. So I think it was really, really important to, um, to start um, talking to actors and letting us know how I, we feel and how they feel about the whole casting process and um, you know, getting ideas from them of what makes them nervous, what freaks them out in the lobby. Um, so when they come in, they could have a much more um, confidence uh, audition. Mm -hmm. So just reaching out and talking to them uh, was so important to me. Um, and you know, just having that misconception that casting directors don't want them to get jobs. Right. It's, it's demystifying yeah. that wall because as an actor, it's so easy to walk into a room and all of a sudden those nerves yeah, well, come in. Well, that's what casting directors do. I think, you know, you build relationships with actors. You 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 know, you, you get to see more and more that you recognize the more yeah. they come in and, and things like that. So you build these relationships. So you've just taken advantage of another way Absolutely. to continually to build relationships and form new ones yeah. as well. In commercials, how often do you see one actor if you're, you know, you're casting a couple of commercials um, a week, you know, you see them every once in a while. So you can't really build that relationship, you know, sure. mm -hmm. I'm in my office working, so I'm not out in the lobby, you know, serving hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> so, uh, so just a rough number. How many actors would you say you see just submit for one project that you're working it on? It depends because now it's union and non-union. Sure. So if you're doing a national network, thousands, mm -hmm. thousands. And um, it's a little different now with FICOR and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's smaller because a lot of agents still don't have the non-union department. But when you're talking about those numbers, though, whether you're union or non-union, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of people. It's and it a used, lot of people. And it used to be that, I don't know, back in the day, like there was fewer actors or I don't know. But now with social media and everything, everyone's trying to get in on these Absolutely, auditions with online yeah. submissions yep. and stuff. So yep. actors access. And, yeah. yeah. And, and so having Twitter and Instagram to be able to just engage with yeah. people, it's 
it's one way amongst many. Absolutely. Well, also you have taped aud- on camp, like, taped auditions, self taping, which has created just more access for yeah. that as well. Creating accessibility and openness and building relationships is what we're all about here at Hollywood Hustle Podcast. And it's certainly the kind of positive environment Danielle likes to create in her audition rooms. Join us next week as we dissect more of Danielle's casting process and what the hustle of a commercial casting director is like in episode 87. Now, if you're someone who can't wait to hear more about the inner workings of casting, know that Danielle is the third casting professional we've had here on the show. Previous guests include reality television casting associate Jazz Trice in episodes 24 and 25, and then in episode 55, we spoke with casting associate of the shows such as Netflix's Altered Carbon and Amazon's Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan, Beth Ryan. So much great content for you guys to check out, and it's all here on the podcast. So now I'm going to throw it back to Michael and Daniel in the side hustle. And that was my preview for our interview next week with commercial casting director Danielle Eskenazi. It's going to be an exciting one, guys. Absolutely. Well, I hate to cut this side hustle short, but I have to get to work soon. (laughs) (laughs) If this is your first time listening to us, thank you for checking us out. We highly suggest you check out our most recent interview with Mark Pearson, an entertainment lawyer from Arc Law Group, where we discussed contracts, your rights as an entertainer, and the most recent WGA agency issues. You might also want to check out one of our older episodes, like our interview with stand-up comedian Eddie Firth, which is episode 71, whose new Netflix series, Historical Roast, is now available on Netflix, and we actually talk about that show in the interview. Yep, and you guys, if you go on Netflix, you watch the first episode where they roast Abraham Lincoln, you might see two of your favorite podcast hosts in the audience because Eddie invited us to uh, a taping of that episode. It was, it was so much fun. Yeah, and I, you know, a couple weeks ago, I got to go to the premiere, um, which was just amazing. Got like I was in the room with Jeff Ross and Seth Green and stuff, and it is an amazing example of. We know someone who in this town worked their butt off for years and years and years, and now he has his own show on Netflix. And it's not just a show on Netflix. It's now trending. So check it out, guys. Again, that's episode 71. Also, if you guys are enjoying what you're listening here on Hollywood Hustle Podcast, please hit the subscribe or follow button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can, give us a review and share our episodes. Uh, We are constantly trying to look to expand our League of Hustle. And uh, by leaving a review and sharing the episodes is a great way to do it. Um, also, check us out on Anchor FM, and you can support becoming a sponsor of the show. We have ads in this show uh, by Anchor FM, which is an amazing thing. We get a, a couple cents every time people listen to that ad. But what would really help us if we get more sponsors of the show. And if you've been listening to us for whether it's a few episodes or for a few years now, uh, it would be amazing if we could just you know, if you could become a sponsor of the show and it all goes into the production. And as always, you can follow us on Twitter at LA Hustlecast or on Instagram at Hollywood Hustle Podcast. You can also follow us personally. I'm at Daniel Tuttle on all platforms. And I am at Michael Lutheran on the Twitter and Instagram. And if you have any questions for Michael, me, The Hustle, Our Jobs, or Mark Pearson or any of our other guests, you can email us at Podcast at gmail.com 
Or if you have someone you think would be a fantastic guest for this show, send us their information, some background on them to hustleguest at gmail.com. Yes. Thank you guys so much for being with us today. Daniel, we understand that you have to get to work. We know that sometimes life can be tough. Life can throw you some curveballs. Uh, it could be good one day. Sometimes you get bad news the next. But if you have a brother like Daniel Tuttle or if you have friends and your tribe of people, uh, you can get through anything. So always remember to have your tribe and always remember to keep up keep the up. hustle. have to get to work but i think guys always remember to just keep up you know oh, oh whoops <laughs> go ahead <laughs>